0: Good evening. My name is Dan Peek. Welcome to the WDRT Monthly Review, a look back at this past month's news stories for February 2022. We hope you will offer your feedback by emailing monthlyreview at wdrt.org. As a reminder, I am broadcasting from Snowy Sheboygan. Russia invades Ukraine. At roughly 9 p.m. Wednesday, Wisconsin time, 6 a.m. Ukraine time, Russian state media reported that President Vladimir Putin says he has made a decision to carry out a special military operation in eastern Ukraine. My next few remarks are as it happened Wednesday evening. Putin said anyone who tries to interfere with us or even more so to create threats for our country and our people must know that Russia's response will be immediate and will lead you to such consequences as you have never before experienced in your history. In a later speech, Putin reminded the world that Russia remains one of the most powerful nuclear states and with a certain advantage in cutting-edge weapons. Biden's statement, President Putin has chosen a premeditated war that will bring a catastrophic loss of life and human suffering. The world will hold Russia accountable. Russia alone is responsible for the death and destruction its military action in Ukraine may bring. One hour before Putin's announcement, the Russian ambassador had just opened the proceedings of an emergency meeting of the United Nations Security Council. Russia holds the rotating presidency in February. The UN Security Council emergency meeting ended with a tense exchange between Ukrainian and Russian ambassadors. The Ukrainian ambassador called on Russia to relinquish its chair as president of the council and said, looking at the Russian ambassador, there is no purgatory for war criminals. They go straight to hell, ambassador. After a few minutes of silence in the council, the Russian ambassador said, we aren't being aggressive against the Ukrainian people, but against the juncture in power in Kyiv. Then he declared the meeting adjourned. In a rare moment of bipartisanship, United States senators and both parties are warning Putin to expect swift, devastating repercussions as a result of this invasion. Every option must be placed on the table to stop Putin's malevolence, said Senator Gene Sheehan. Dem New Hampshire. Not 100% bipartisan, as the former guy cheers for Putin. Ukraine President Zelensky said, Russia treacherously attacked our state in the morning, as Nazi Germany did in World War II. As of today, our countries are on different sides of world history. Russia has embarked on a path of evil, but Ukraine is defending itself and won't give up its freedom no matter what, Moscow thinks. Zelensky made an appeal directly to Russian citizens in Russian. Lots of you have relatives in Ukraine. You studied in Ukrainian universities. You have Ukrainian friends. You know our character, our principles, what matters to us. Listen to yourselves, to the voice of reason. The people of Ukraine want peace, he pleaded. They're telling you that this flame will liberate the people of Ukraine, but the Ukrainian people are free. You've been told I'm going to bomb uh, bomb Donbass. He said, bomb what? The Zenetsk Stadium, where the locals and I cheered for our Euro, uh, team at Euro 2012? The bar where we drank when they lost? Lehansk, where my best friend's mom lives? Russian State News reported Russia's defense ministry said it is using high-precision weapons to disable military infrastructure, air defense facilities, military airfields, and planes of the Ukrainian army. In a statement carried by Interfax News Agency, the Russian Defense Ministry claimed its forces had rendered the military infrastructure of Ukraine's air bases inoperable and that the country's air defense system had been suppressed. The ministry said Ukrainian border guards do not offer any resistance to Russian units. It is also denied. It also denied an earlier report that a Russian plane had been shot down over Ukraine's territory. Waking up to the news, many Russians said they felt shocked and bewildered by Mr. Putin's decision to attack Ukraine. Anton Dolan, the country's leading film critic, excuse me, the lead, country's leading film critic said the war in Ukraine is the most horrible and shameful event of my life. In Berlin, chance, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said he would halt authorization of Nord Stream 2, the controversial natural, natural gas pipeline between Germany and Russia, for the time being. The move was applauded by the United Nations and NATO allies. In response, Moscow warned European consumers would end up paying the price for the halting of Nord Stream 2. Dmitry Medvedev, deputy chair of Russia's Security Council and a former president, tweeted, welcome to the brave new world where Europeans are going to very soon going to pay 2,000 euros for 1,000 cubic meters of natural gas. Chinese state media so far have made only passing references to the attacks. The People's Daily, the Communist Party's a new, official newspaper, focused on domestic monetary policy while the website, China's official news agency, laid with an article about the Olympics and diplomacy. China subsequently bucked the near global consensus by refusing to condemn Russia's attack on Ukraine, instead urging restraint by all parties, and blaming the U.S. for stoking tensions in the re- region. During a tense news briefing today, Foreign Ministry spokesman, spokeswoman Hua Chunying admonished the reporter for aggressive questioning and repeatedly sidestepped the queries about whether Beijing considered Putin's move an in invasion. Prime Minister and Foreign Ministry of India, a country which relies on Russia to supply its military equipment, made no immediate statement in response to President Putin's announcement that a military operation in Ukraine had begun. That was how the news of Putin's invasion of Ukraine unfolded. Ukraine doesn't want to be part of Russia. Four million Ukrainians died after World War II from famine imposed by former Soviet leader, Joseph Stalin. Stalin, for his part, blamed Ukrainians themselves for starving and his propaganda called anyone who mentioned the famine a Nazi. Odessa, now under attack, was the third largest Jewish city in the world after New York and Warsaw at the end of the 19th century. After waves of Russian tsars, German Nazi extermination, and Stalin purges as many as 250,000 Odessa Jews were killed. What was 40 synagogues is now one crumbling remaining synagogue. Ukrainians voted to separate from the Soviet Union with a 90% approval, and they don't want to be part of Russia, just in case anyone stops to consider them. University history professor and author Timothy Snyder notes that Ukraine was the most dangerous place in the world between 1933 and 1945. Before Putin's invasion, 14,000 Ukrainians had already died in Putin's war. Russians do not want this war. Russian police on Thursday detained more than 1,600 Russians who protested in 53 cities, including Moscow and St. Petersburg. Former senior director for Europe and Russia at the U.S. National Security Council, Fiona Hill, one of the persons who predicted this large-scale invasion, offered this simple view of Putin in advance. He's been in power for 22 years, and the whole of that time, he's had Ukraine in the crosshairs one way or another, and it's intensified over time. Putin wants to be the person who, on his watch, is the presidency, in his presidency, pulls Ukraine back into Russia's orbit and he could be president until 2036 in terms of what's possible for him. You might remember Hill from her testimony during Trump's second impeachment over his blackmail of Ukraine, President Zelensky over a quid pro quo, release of approved military aid in exchange for political dirt on Biden. Russian political oppo- opposition leader, Alexei Navalny offered his statement calling Putin's security council a bunch of dotards and thieves are trying to divert the attention of the people of Russia from real problems, the development of the economy, rising prices, reigning lawlessness. How long has it been since you last watched the news on Federal Channel, he asked. It's the only thing I watch now, and I can assure you there is no news about Russia there at all, literally, from the first to the last piece. It's Ukraine, USA, Europe. We have everything for powerful development in the 21st century from oil to educated citizens, but we lose, we will lose money again and squandered a historical chance for a normal, rich life for the sake of war, dirt, lies, and corruption. The Kremlin is making you poorer, he wrote, not Washington. Novani somehow tweeted this from a Russian prison. Putin tried to murder Novani with the nerve agent Novichok, and when that failed, imprisoned him on Trump's up charges for two and a half years. Now, Navani is on trial again for fraud and contempt of court. Sanctions against Putin and Russia were never going to stop Putin. Opinions will rage over whether the U.S. and Western Europe overplayed a post-USSR and by expanding NATO all the way to the Russian border. But none of this justifies Putin's aggression against Ukraine. Putin is purportedly the richest person on the earth and answers to no one. He doesn't have to worry about being elected. Putin has decided that his legacy... His vision of restoring Russian greatness, no matter how badly it might affect Russia and Russian citizens, is the taking of Ukraine. Putin saw NATO as the low-hanging fruit, as the emotive threat to rally Russian people. As of Friday morning, the Russian military breached the suburbs of Kyiv. Zelensky claimed that enemy saboteur groups, we're already in Kiev, and Russia was planning to assassinate him. The enemy has identified me as the number one target," Zelensky said, wearing a military-style green T-shirt. My family is the number two target. They want to destroy Ukraine politically by destroying the head of state. Zelensky announced that 137 Ukrainians have been killed, 316 wounded. Ending a message with a ending with a message to Putin: "Let's sit down." The response through Putin's spokesperson demanded full capitulation. February is Black History Month. On Wednesday morning, I plan to lead with this Wednesday evening, Change Things. How long has blacks fought for equal rights? Many of us are not aware of the heroism needed to make take a meaningful stand for civil rights, and yet this is central to the entire history and experience of the United States. In 1860, we went to war over whether slavery would be expanded and accepted constitutionally. In 1960, four black college students stood up to, we don't serve Negroes here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Those four seats are in the National Museum of American History. In 2022, there was anger over critical race theory. Don't Don't make my kids feel bad by teaching them. How would you teach about the Holocaust without explaining anti-Semitism? How do you teach about civil rights without teaching about the history of slavery? Does it feel like we've achieved equality? Does the February sentencing of former suburban Minneapolis police officer, Kim Potter, who said she confused her handgun for her taser when she fatally shot Duante Wright, was sentenced Friday to two years in prison, signify equality? Does the February jury finding Georgia men guilty, three, Georgia men guilty of hate crimes for the murder of Aubrey, signal equality? Does the news report that says the convictions represent a victory for president biden's justice department which has vowed to be to more aggressively prosecute hate crimes and for civil rights groups that have demanded greater accountability and racially motivated attacks against black people and other minorities does that sound like equality in 19 excuse me in 1858 abraham lincoln then a candidate for the senate warned that arguments limiting american equality to white men were the same arguments that kings have made for enslaving the people in all ages of the world. Turn in whatever way you will, turn in whatever way you will, whether it came from the mouth of a king in excuse for enslaving the people of his country, or from the mouth of men of one race as a reason for enslaving the men of another race, it is the same old serpent. The challenge for equality is not settled, yet our own United States Supreme Court presumes equality. In yet another instance of overturning settled law, this after overturning the right of women to the right to choose, the divided Supreme Court restored an Alabama congressional map that creates only one district favorable to a black candidate and put on a whole lower court's order that said a second district was necessary to comply with the Voting Rights Act. The 2022 congressional elections in Alabama will take place under a map drawn by the state's Republican leaders, a map that ensures black voters of a single congressional seat, though they make up more than one quarter of the state's population. But it also signaled that the court's conservative majority is suspicious of Voting Rights Act precedent that Alabama said requires legislatures to prioritize race over traditional redistricting techniques. We live in a world where many do not embrace equality. Trump claimed that there were three radical, vicious, racist prosecutors, one in Georgia, one in New York, one in Washington, all of them black, who are investigating his role in the January 6th insurrection and examining his business organization's finances. Senator Ted Cruz, Republican Texas, said the fact that he, Biden, is willing to make a promise at the outset that it must be a black woman, I got to say that's offensive. Biden is saying if you're a white guy, tough luck. If you're a white woman, tough luck. You don't qualify. Bishop Calvert Swan, president of Greater Springfield, Massachusetts, chapter of the NAACP, said, It is gaslighting and steroids for white men who have always been the most privileged segment of our society think that, to think that America offering to non-white males the privileges that they have always had from birth is somehow discriminating against them. For that demographic to be out in public screaming racism and pretending to be victims is one of the most clownish, disingenuous acts I've ever seen. It feels like we are backsliding on civil rights, while at the same time we have this. A cabal of white domestic terrorist groups met ahead of the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. This from February 8th, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is probing a meeting in a downtown D.C. garage the day before the January 6th Capitol Hill riot between the then-leader of Proud Boys' extremist group, the now-indicted leader of the Oath Keepers militia, and other far-right figures, according to two witnesses interviewed by FBI agents. Among the half-dozen people gathered at the garage were uh, Oath Keepers' head, Stuart Rhodes, who was indicted this year on charges of seditious conspiracy and the insurrection, Proud Boys' chairman, Enrique Tarrio, who was not present at the riot, was also at the garage meeting, but left Washington afterward, the meeting put the heads of the nation's two best-known violent, far-right, pro-Trump groups in immediate proximity to each other 24 hours before the breach of the Capitol. This month, the Republican National Committee sanctioned the two sitting Republicans of the January 6th Committee, accusing Rep. Representative Liz Cheney, Republican Wyoming, and Representative Adam Kingsiger, Rep., uh, Republican Illinois, of participating in a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse, and of utilizing their past professed political affiliation to mass Democrat abuse of prosecutorial power for partisan purposes. So does the party of Trump look at all like a party in favor of civil rights and equality? The rhetoric around racism is likely to intensify as midterm elections approach, said Michael Fauntroy, the founding director of the Race, Politics, and Policy Center at George Mason uh, University. Conservative political strategy at this time is really about keeping flames fired up to keep their base sufficiently inflamed so that when it comes time to vote, they'll vote their anger rather than their hope, Claude said. It was critical race theory last month. The Supreme Court is the thing this month. It will be something else next month. The news this morning is that Biden will nominate federal judge Kentaji Brown Jackson to replace retiring Justice Stephen Breyer a historic choice that fulfills the president's pledge to nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court. Jackson, 51, would be the just the third African American in the High Court's 233 year history. Our political process, it's not a bug, it's a strategy. The Republican agenda will be fueled by increased moral panic about white America's decline. The grievance over unproven claims of stolen election and part is part of an active plan to reshape the political system so that elections are not winnable by Democrats and the state would be run without the foundation of a democracy. But the longer list of grievances comes in many parts. As Dr. Carol Anderson, a professor of African American Studies at Emory University says, it's about putting black folks back in their place. Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis, Republican, for instance, claimed he was standing against state-sanctioned racism and proagulating a New anti-black history law. It bans teaching that might make a student feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race, color, sex, or national origin. But other flavors of grievance include the same Governor DeSantis pondering a possible Florida law referred to as don't say gay or book burnings in Tennessee, Soon, we'll see what form of resistance Republicans will mount to a Biden nomination of a black Supreme Court justice. While Putin invades Ukraine, Senator Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, is blocking approval of a Biden nominee for Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Affairs. Celeste Wallander, CEO of U.S. Russia Foundation and former senior director of Russia on Russia for the Obama administration's National Security Council. Republicans never let politics take a back seat and they are fueled by self-righteousness a Republican county clerk in Colorado was who was stripped of her election oversight duties last year after she allowed an outsider to copy voting machine hard drives, said Monday that she is launching a bid to become the state's top election official at the county clerk Tina Peters who broke the law said she is running to restore trust and put an end to government overreach and election process I may be out of bounds but I picture Ms. Peters seeing herself as a patriot while intolerant of peaceful protests for ideas where she disagrees most republicans deny climate crisis meanwhile the united nations environmental program forecasts the risk of these extreme of extreme wildfires would rise by 14% by 2030 and 30% by 2050 and a national oceanic and atmospheric administration analysis finds the united states will experience and much as much sea level Excuse me, as much sea level rise in the next three decades as it did over the last century. Change driven by largely human caused climate change suggests a one foot rise in sea levels along U.S. coastlines by 2050. Republican gaslighting includes dire threats of Democrats coming for your guns while celebrating a culture of public safety through good guy with a gun. But what they won't tell you, underground laws may have led to hundreds of additional homicides every year in the United States. JAMA Network Open, a peer-reviewed medical journal, reported 700 additional homicides each year, largest jumps in homicides and firearm homicides, as high as 33.5% occurred in southern states, including Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, and Missouri as a result of standard ground laws. Which all feels like a good lead into Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Examiner reports that then Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald reserved the room in the Capitol where 10 Republican fake electors met to put their signatures on the documents sent to Congress falsely certifying the votes of Wisconsin. Wisconsinites went to Donald Trump. Most of the 10 hold positions within the Republican Party, including Andrew Hitt, who is the former party chair, Bob Spindle uh, sits on the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Most of those rest serve as Republican Party leaders of county or congressional district parties, and a number of them were involved in the campaign of Republican gubernatorial candidate and former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Claysfish and Attorney General Candidate Adam Jargeow. Senator Chris Larson, Democrat Milwaukee, and Representative Jonathan Brostoff at Democrat Milwaukee made the discovery while noted that Fitzgerald was elected to Congress in the same election whose results he helped challenge. Shame. February 18th, the, uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported on the Republican election review by, led by former state Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman. Assembly Republicans sought to jail the chairwoman of the State Elections Commission, Racine's mayor, and other officials as part of their months long review of the 2020 presidential election. Gabelman intensified his efforts, telling Waukesha County Circuit Judge Ralph Ramirez he should incarcerate those mayors and others if they don't sit for interviews with him behind closed doors. The officials have said they are willing to talk to Gabelman, but don't believe he should be able to do so out of the view of the public. They argue the interviews should be conducted before a legislative committee. Gabelman's latest filing targeted Ann Jacobs, the Democratic chairwoman of the bipartisan election commission. Satya Rhodes-Conway, the mayor of Madison, Eric Genrich, the mayor of Green Bay, Corey Mason, the mayor of Racine, city clerks of Madison and Green Bay, two Milwaukee workers and information technology employees for the Elections Commission and the State Department Administration. Rhodes-Conway, in a statement said Gableman's review had gone off the rails because he has expanded his effort to jail officials after saying he was trying to avoid doing so. It's an awfully bold move for someone we don't even know is authorized to conduct an investigation, her statement said. Our Senator Ron Johnson. After 2020 elections of Biden, Ron Johnson was caught on tape explaining to constituents, there was nothing obviously skewed about the results of the 2020 presidential election in Wisconsin, he said correctly. Despite the robust efforts of Donald Trump and others and the Republican Party to suggest that there there was, if all the Republicans voted for Trump the way they voted for assembly candidates, Johnson continued, he would have won. He didn't get 51,000 votes. Other Republicans got. That's why he lost. But more recently, Mr. Johnson has claimed that Democrats cannot be trusted because, you know, election fraud and urged Wisconsin's Republican-controlled legislature to seize the authority for overseeing voting from the state's bipartisan elections commission, causing a partisan power grab based on partisan lines to rig electoral the electoral system. That is how this how committed the Senator is to truth and freedom. Our concern is Milwaukee, this from Johnson. This is one of those big Democrats strongholds that just can't seem to get their votes counted until they know exactly how many votes they need, he said. Whether anything's happening or not, it just looks suspicious. More shame. Canadian truckers. On January 22nd, a convoy of trucks left British Columbia headed for the Canadian capital of Ottawa. One month later, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoked a national public order emergency to clear the protests, and subsequently rescinding the the emergency order, the protests are over for now. Traffic-locking tactics had spread to other Canadian cities, including Toronto, Quebec City, and Calgary. For nearly a week, protesters jammed the Ambassador Bridge of vital Link for the automobile industry that normally carries $300 million worth of goods a day and links Windsor, Ontario, to Detroit in the United States. The disruption forced some automakers to run plants at reduced capacity and cancel shifts because of delays. After getting a court order, officials responded and reopened the bridge. Protesters were fighting vaccine mandates, though with Canada reporting 81% of the population is fully vaccinated and 86% with at least one dose, and truckers are fully, 90% fully vaccinated, this can't be a complete explanation. While truckers initiated the protests on January 22nd, only a few of them are among a group of self-proclaimed leaders involved in the the organization. Far-right activists and separatists from Western Canada have also seized on the issues to air anti-government grievances, as have former police officers and military veterans who, many who believe, have used their expertise to help organize the occupation. The far-right People's Party of Canada was strongly represented in the ranks of the Ottawa protesters. One of the key uh, organizers of the so-called Freedom Convoy in Ottawa, Tamara Lish was previously an official with the Maverick Party, which promotes breaking off Canada's three western prairie provinces from the rest of the country. The unrest seems to rebuff a rebuff to the cherished mythology imposed on Canada's citizens from abroad and held by many Canadians themselves as moderate, rule-following, level-headed, and just plain nice. It feels like a national nervous breakdown, said Susan Delacourt, a veteran Canadian political columnist from Ottawa, who, like many of her fellow citizens, is wondering what exactly is happening to her country right now. I, for one, hope Canadians sort out out the real issues better than we have in the United States. COVID deserves a mention. After a huge decline from an Omicron-driven peak, new cases are at 90,000 per day nationally and continuing to decline. 90,000 per day is still higher than any previous quiet stretch, Vernon County follows this pattern with 6.6 new cases per day while also continuing to decline. U.S. deaths continue at a high level at just under 2,000 per day. While declining, this number is stubbornly high. U.S. deaths now total over 940,000. Compared to Canada's 81% vaccination level, the United States is at 65%. Masks are apparently down at this point. It's your choice. If you are worried about your own health, make sure to wear a certified N95 mask for your protection. Keep in mind that N95 mask performance degrades over time. Free N95 masks can be found at places like Walgreens and Walmart if they are in stock. A final sad note. Many of you, maybe all of you, know of Dave Ebert's recent death. Here are the words offered by Wade Lawler. You have lost an incredible person, a stalwart ally, and a dear friend. Dave Ebert passed away unexpectedly of a heart attack on Friday, February 11. Dave was so full of life, his loss was so jarring that my brain resists even typing these words. While his smile, his infectious laugh, and his unflappable hope, it's not surprising that Dave was at home in so many circles. Dave was an idea guy, with almost always imagining the possible. He asked great questions and really listened to you. He cared deeply about the world and about his community. No person... Was a lost cause to Dave. He had, to, uh, he had the ability to empathize in even strongest disagreements. And like many, I uh, too miss Dave Ebert, and I'm reminded of this as I read Wade's words. A mode of threat, the thing of authoritarian populists, our theme for the month, from U.S. racism to Russian aggression, Yesterday, the FBI said 57 historically black colleges and universities, places of worship, received bomb threats between January 4th and February 16th. Yesterday, Putin invaded Ukraine. Thank you for listening.